First of all, hi, Rachel Whitley here, and I'm here not alone, as you can see, here with Jasmine Lafayette, who joined us at Open Board Empowerment Talks, and I'm so excited to have you back, Jasmine. Thank you so much for agreeing to be with me today. Yes, thank you for having me. So, Jasmine, tell us tell us a little about yourself. We know from the um, discussion that you did, the talk that you did, that you are certified. I don't know why I always have to like seeing certified coach, <laughs> but you are a certified life coach. Tell us about that and, and about yourself. Yes. Yeah, so um, I'm from Metcalf, Mississippi. I now reside in Nashville, Tennessee. And um, it was here where I really began to um, walk into the calling of being a life coach. It actually kind of fell into my lap um, after a grad school class. And one of the courses required um, coaching. And while in that course, God was like, okay, this is what you need to be doing. I was like, Okay, I could dig it. And so as I learned more about it, I was like, man, I've been doing this for years. Um, you know, the aspect of empowering people and encouraging people, you know, being a sounding board and just trying to um, create a space where people um, felt like they could thrive. And so that's what um, what I do is all about. Um, I consider myself as a Christian life coach because um, everything that I do as far as the services that I will be offering coming up this year um, is about incorporating God um, into the aspect of our personal growth and how we can do that and really um, kind of maximize on all of this potential that's within us. So um, I talk about a lot of things. So in essence, I teach and empower my clients to um, really dismantle and conquer those personal barriers using coaching, growth mindset, concepts, and Christian principles. And so um, the name of my business is Selfie Check by Jazz. Um, and Selfie is an acronym for Supporting and Empowering Lives for Impactful Evolution. So I'm so excited about that. It has evolved from a blog into a business. So, so much development there, but it's, I'm so excited because it speaks to the essence of what I love to do. And that's, um, and that's encouraging people in, um, in our community and, um, just really talking about things that, um, are essential for us moving to where we would like to be. Um, and some of that involves talking about some stuff that's, kind of unorthodox in terms of mental health and really um, having transparent conversations about who we really are and, and things that kind of um, have impacted us that we don't even know about, you know, so um, just, just to have that space of transparency. So that's, that's what self-check is about. And I think that that's so powerful, especially things that impact us that we don't even know about because right. it's like, how do you, one of the things that I often say, I, I did a um, podcast with Chantel Bettis Brown. I think I was on her podcast, mm -hmm. um, her last season, and we were talking about how um, you need people in your life who are different than you because they can point out the things that you don't yes. see. If you're on the friends our family and all of y'all screwed up, who's gonna <laughs> identify? Hey, this is where the mess up is. So I think that that's great to have that yes. person. Or in your case, that business that can help people see, hey, you might not see it, but let me knock on your door. <laughs> this, these are the issues that you're right. having that you don't even know about. So you come from you, if I'm not mistaken, you were a um, you worked in law enforcement. You yeah. are an operator. So did that play a role in 
where you are now, a role in becoming this life coach has that because I know from research so many people in law enforcement need what you are offering. So how does that connect with you? Yeah, so um, it it actually I consider it as um, it's it helped to expand my understanding of why coaching is needed and why particularly myself with um, almost eight years of experience as a telecommunicator, why it's even important for me to embrace it because um, I've been on the calls. I've over thousands of calls over my uh, eight year career almost. And I've talked with people who were in every um, predicament of life, whether it was panic, whether it was um, just all types of calls. Um, and so I, the, the main thing that really helped me was that I was on, on the front line, so to speak, on that phone. I was kind of there with them in some of the most delicate moments of their lives. And I was able to see, you know, what they really needed or what they really needed to hear. It really gave me that on the job kind of insight. Of, of which uh, area or which way I needed to come in as far as a life coach is concerned, because I could tell um, how certain mindsets may have um, caused them to behave or respond in a certain way or, you know, in those vulnerable moments. What what did they really need? What what was the what was the root of what they were really asking for? And so um, I tell people when I say I, I used to be a telecommunicator, I was like, hey, I, I was, I've been with people in, in probably almost every situation. And so I have that level of empathy for sure and grace and compassion and patience to just really talk to people about what's going on with them. You know, that was a part of the job and those are skills. Um, and like I said, just the level of empathy that I'm able to bring as a life coach too. So tell me, what's the difference between a life coach and a therapist? Are those one of the same or what are some similarities and differences? Because I know a lot of the times people um, don't like the idea of therapy. Although mm-hmm. I think some of the bravest people are the people who get therapy. But right. is that the same thing? Just two different names or what is that? So it's it's different. A therapist is able to um, to diagnose you, um, like therapist, a psychiatrist, counselor, those who have um, the educational backing and um, the clinical uh, licenses to diagnose people um, with certain types of conditions and things like that. They have the ability to um, really go into um, those trauma places, be it childhood or um, marriage abuse, whatever their, their thing is, they're able to go there and draw out, um, some of those things to kind of walk them through the healing process. They may even be able to prescribe medication, you know, things of that nature. Whereas a life coach, um, I'm, I'm not here to diagnose you. I'm not here, um, to, to tell you that you are this and you are that I'm here as a person to help you, um, as you identify what is the area of your life that you would like to work on. And as your accountability partner, as your cheerleader, you know, as a person that can help you identify some of the concepts for personal goals and personal attainment, I kind of coach you through that process and how to do that. So the main difference is that 
um, like therapists, they, they, they diagnose, they're able to really go in with the, the medical and clinical basis as a coach. That's, that's not my arena. I'm here. I'm here to help you help yourself. Um, so to speak. So, um, we are not to give, if I tell people all the time, be careful, you know, if, if you're um, thinking about coaching, because it is not a basis where you diagnose people and you tell people that this is where you are. You sound like this. No, that is not, that is not your place. Um, you are here as a support system for people who need that assistance in trying to get from A to B as far as, um, betterment, you know, whatever their goal is, and you help them by providing them with the strategies of how to get there. Interesting. So tell me, what are some of the things, the key points, I guess, or the main things that you see that hinder people from getting from where they are to where they're trying to be or who they're trying to become? So I would definitely say, so two of the things that I have been doing a lot of research on that I even found within myself has been limiting beliefs and imposter syndrome. So limiting beliefs are those things that we hold as true that may not have any type of validity at all, but somehow um, we've held on to it and we, we think we, we hold it as true. So I give you an example. So um, the idea that, um, Let's see. What's a good one that I that I hear a lot? Um, so the limiting belief of saying, well, um, just because um, mm, it's so many of them and I can't even think of one. It's, it's, it's so many. OK, I use this one for an example. So a limiting belief could be um, you saying that because I'm this age, say, for instance, um, you know, people who. Uh, typically, when you think of college students, you know, they typically think of people right out of high school or late teens, early 20s. But then but we know that college students range from people of all ages, of all ethnicities. So a limiting belief would be a person saying, well, I'm too old to go back to college because I'm this age or I have this many children or I'm from this background or this, that and the other. So because we have that person has internalized that belief, they won't even try. They won't even go after um, the opportunity to even do it. Um, they may, it may, their journey may be different from the person, you know, coming right out of high school, but it is not impossible. And so um, those limiting beliefs, it takes time to really get to the root of, okay, so why do you feel that way? Um, your journey may not be like, a typical person, but you still can attain it. So it's the aspect of bringing awareness to, hey, there is a possibility for everybody to do this. But just because it may not be typical, we tend to say, well, it's, it's just not going to work for me. And that's false. That's false. And so leading to the imposter syndrome aspect of it, um, I found where um I tended to be um, one aspect is like the perfectionist wanting to get everything right. And sometimes I would find that I wouldn't start at all because I felt like everything had to be perfect before I even began. And that's like a limiting belief. And it also holds you back because sometimes you just have to get out here and try. You can try to prepare and study all you want to. 
Um, but some things require just some hands-on experience. And it's giving yourself the space to make the revisions as you go. Everybody has had to do it. But it's like I said, it's just those mindsets, those things that we have to change. So for sure. And I think that is powerful <laughs> because those two things, I think we can all, everybody who's watching, everybody in the world really can find a place in their life with it. Because I was just looking at um, my least favorite social media is Facebook. I hate Facebook, but I love the groups that I'm in. And so mm -hmm. one of the groups, the lady was saying that she was, I think, 63, 65, and she just bought her first home. And she was like, my kids were telling me, you know, you're too old to buy a house. 30-year mortgage, you'll be 90 if you're still, like, these are her kids, she says. Wow. And <laughs> she had nobody backing her, nobody supporting her. And so they put that, don't know if you can hear that train in the background, but it's really loud. But she put a lid over herself because of what they were saying. But she was like, let me just go and get this house. And she went down there and for the first time in her life, bought a, a house and she said she couldn't be happier that was the biggest biggest the biggest accomplishment of her life at yeah. 60 and yeah. so i think we can all find even if it's not an age thing but um i don't look the part to go here or mm -hmm. i don't fit in in these certain areas you limit yourself we all can find those places and in parts of syndrome that's just like that i mean we we can talk about that and that's the whole podcast right there yeah. <laughs> because that's yeah. been going on for so long yeah we just because didn't have a that, name for it you know right, didn't know because, like, this what it was isn't that the same as like keeping up with the joneses and um, trying to do what other people are doing isn't all of that is tied into imposter syndrome, right? Yeah, yeah. Because see, there there are different there are different types of imposter syndrome. You have the um, the Superman, Superwoman. You have the perfectionist, um, um, and it's it's two more that I can't think of right offhand. But there are different types um, where people um, can kind of see or or gauge um, where they are, but. Um, the whole aspect of imposter syndrome is that you feel like you're going to be found out. Like you, you have this idea of th that you're a fraud. So you feel like you must constantly do things to keep up this facade of having it all together. So people won't find out that you don't have it together. But, um, one of one, one person that I've been following that has truly helped me both personally and, um, as a business owner, as I've been growing and developing my business has been, um, Stephen Lewis, he's on Instagram and he, um, he has this test called the evidence test. And he says that in those moments when you feel inadequate, keep you a list of your accomplishments that serve as evidence that you have accomplished these things. So when your mind tries to tell you that you don't know what you're doing or you're not adequate enough to do this, that, and the other, when you look back at your list, the list proves you wrong. So what is it that's telling you that you can't do it? When you clearly have this list of tangible things right. that you have done, so it's like retraining your 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 mind and and understanding. I think also a lot of that has to do with our childhood and where we come from. Like I know uh, once because I had to really go all the way back with this thing before I could really come full throttle with 
with the things I offered my business, um, the Lord was like, I need you to go all the way back and show people where this thing can stem from. So even from my childhood of, of, um, okay. So I remember growing up, I was a tall, dark skin, you know, heavy set girl. So I remember being told at a young age that I didn't have the, the look of what would be appealing. And that's something to tell a young child. Sure. And so I, 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 you know, just kind of went overdrive and like my studies and stuff, trying to at least be the smartest. So they couldn't tell me that I, I wasn't smart. So fast forward, now I'm in adulthood and I've still kept up with this drive, like having to overdo everything, trying to be the best at everything. But now I'm exhausted because I've spent all of my 20s you know, up until my late 20s, trying to prove to people that I deserve to be here. And now the things that I've accomplished is a blur because I was operating from a place of anxiety, from a place of I got to prove something to people. And I haven't even been able to just bask in the things along the journey. So that's what I want to try to help people with, to be mindful of the moment and take the pressure off. And I think a lot of people don't realize that when you're working and grinding, you know, this generation, yes. we ain't nothing but a bunch of grinders. Everybody <laughs> out here grinding. And when you get to this, I mean, when you think about it, you can't really predict the future. You don't know exactly where your mind will be. But when you kind of look at it, if you're grinding so hard now, it's just like if you're going down the street and you're driving fast trying to get to your destination, you don't even see the sights or nothing because you're so busy trying to get there. And then when you look back, you're like, well, I don't know anything. I don't remember anything. And I think that's something we need to take into consideration. One thing that I heard Oprah say uh, about three weeks ago on the podcast is she was saying that she tries to be conscious of everything. So she was like, everything. When I'm walking down the stairs, I want to be conscious at my hand. It's touching the rail. How does this rail mm-hmm. feel? Conscious that one foot is in front of the other because she says she went so many years of her life going and doing and being that she got older and she realized I haven't really given much thought to life. Like, wow, my body is still moving. Wow, this is still going. And so that is, I think we can apply that to our lives because how how often do we sit back and look at what we've done and what we've accomplished. We're so busy trying to get this goal out of the way so we can get to the next one. But what you're basically saying is it's good to just slow down and pay yeah. attention to yeah. everything. Don't yeah. just go. Actually yeah. pay attention. Yeah, and, and be present in the moment because I know, like I've heard people say, I'm working hard now so I can play later or grind hard now for later. But I'm just like, but later I ain't promised though. Right. You know, <laughs> so let me let me work hard. Let me do. Let me get some balance. OK, let me let me be mindful because that's one um, by this being mental health awareness month. I've been really practicing a lot of mindfulness and mindfulness is just simply the practice of being present of the moment of where you are taking into account everything that's around you. And so I've been I've been trying to be more mindful like yes I want to accomplish this but let me be present and 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 enjoy um this 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 sun that's out let me let me let the sun shine on my face a little bit let me let me take a break and go get me um a, a smoothie or something like you know just making making time 
for the things of life. Like, let me check in with my friends. Let me make sure, you know, I'm checking in with my circle where I'm not like solely isolating myself to the grind where I'm, I'm not present in life. So, yeah. And so I think that one of the things that, and this is what I wanted to talk about, but I think we're kind of going over in that too, because when you work so hard and you don't realize, oh, so like you were saying, write down your accomplishments. To me, it's like doing that. It's a constant reminder of who you are because one of the things that I've been saying for a while is we're in an identity crisis. Mm-hmm. And so ironically, just writing those things down, those accomplishments to remind yourself shows you that you, we don't really know who we are. We don't really see ourselves. We don't really um, know our true identity because we're so busy, I guess, trying to become that yeah. we don't know who we actually are. Can you talk yeah. a bit more about identity? And yeah. do you think that we're in an identity crisis? Um, I, Not I feel we like, as a whole, but you know, you know what I mean. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I, I do feel like at different points in our lives, many of us do go through an identity crisis because for one thing, we're so focused on the, the end goal of, of who we're trying to become that we don't simply just be like, who you know, just to be, um, and, the identity aspect of it. So when one day when I wrote down all of my accomplishments, um, it did two things. Not only did it remind me that I am qualified for this journey that God has me on, but it also exposed that I had this unhealthy obsession with getting things as far as like getting the goal, getting this done, getting that done that I allowed it to consume my identity. It wasn't Jasmine, you know, child of the most high God. And then, you know, she has attained whatever. It was like, I became those things. And I believe that's where the unhealthy aspect of it because uh, comes in that because there are voids that will appear when we don't take the time to just be who we are and we allow things to consume us. And so that's why you see some people, they always got to get more stuff because after they get that one thing and it fills that void for a little while, here comes the void opening back up. Okay. So now I got to go get something else. Now I got to go get something else. Now I got to go get something else. And so when God revealed to me that I had been like that in certain aspects of my life, now I'm able to identify myself and say, okay, First and foremost, I'm a child of God and God and, and, and that makes me significant. OK, that gives me validation in itself. And so anything else that I've attained, it's an asset to me. You know, it's it's um, it's it's a benefit, but it's not who I am. And I think that's when we when we look at identity in in that aspect, it keeps us grounded because I can say, hey, I'm I'm I'm. I'm the, I, I love having fun. I love to laugh or whatever. And that's my identity. Like that's, that's who I am. I mean, I'm enjoyable person. I love peace. I love happiness. I love being around people. I love loving on people. That's my identity. The things that I've attained are just aspects of me or just assets to the things that, that I've attained, but they don't make me. And I think that's, um, I found that that part of, of, of the identity um, and the and the being aspect is what's needed, so that we won't 
become so consumed with things because you know on social media you know it's always a trend it's always something new you know and so if you constantly chasing after the next hype you're gonna look back down the road sometime you're gonna be like so so where where did I leave me at? I dropped me off somewhere and picked up something else. And you won't even recognize yourself. And that, and unfortunately, we see that in a lot of people. You know, so yeah, I think it's very important to stay connected to who you are at your core and don't lose that. So authentically, we are who we are. We're not who we, what we have or what we've obtained. Because so many people look at themselves and, and like you were saying, they put first, you know, first I am they introduce themselves as um, mm-hmm. a single mother, some, or some introduce themselves as I am the fortune 500 C, you know, they, they introduce themselves as the position that they hold, or they introduce themselves as what they have overcome. I am a, even, even some that say I'm a breast cancer survivor. They identify now as that, but really and truly that's not who you are. That's a part of you. Mm-hmm. But at your core, your identity is who you are on the inside, not what exactly. you've obtained, what you've overcome. I yeah. think that that is amazing. Yeah. And and I remember like one of the things I wrote down when I was, you know, really developing everything. I remember God telling me, um, that's not all you are. He just kept saying, that's not all you are. That's not all you are. And so although, you know, when we introduce it, like, I don't know if you ever noticed this, but like, you know, when you're in a, say for instance, you're in a professional setting. And so when we introduce ourselves, we introduce ourselves as, as Reggie, the president founder or Jasmine president founder, you know, that's, that's who we get to know. But as you start to hang out with those people more, you get to learning that, Hey, somebody loves cars. Somebody loves fashion. Somebody has a passion for working at a food bank or helping this person or serving here, serving there. Now you're getting to know the aspects of what makes them them. And those things help them to be able, you know, to uh, to perform their professional jobs well or what have you. But, um, you know, it's just getting to the to the, the meat, so to speak, in the core of who we are. And, and I don't think that that should always lead with something professionally. Um, because that's just an aspect of who you are and 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 that's a great thing, but not allowing that to consume who you are in its totality. So what do you say to people who have trouble showing who they are? Because so many people will hide behind the CEO or so many people mm-hmm. will hide behind even the teacher. Everything they talk about is the classroom. You know, they won't mm-hmm. talk about them themselves, their personal likes they want to hide all of their, even the flaws, the things mm-hmm. that make them who they are. What do you say to those people who should, um, in a way, and how? Mm-hmm. So, because I was going to say should, I was going to say how they should, but I don't want to say how they should. I want you to say how they should. How should we come out as who we are, Yeah, not what we have and all of that? Yeah. Um. Well, first, I, I would because I'm I'm always um, sensitive to to everyone's um, situation because you know unfortunately the the day and time that we live in is it's difficult to really um, be who you are in certain settings because of a lot of division in so many different ways and so um, I feel like um, 
it really takes takes a personal journey first to to say that you know what I'm not going to allow this to um make me feel like I have to live my life in a shell. I know sometimes, you know, in certain professional settings, you know, I'm just going to use like, you know, I know for, uh, and a friend of mine, we were talking about this, like as black women, sometimes we're not always able to be the wonderful people that we are because, you know, it kind of comes with the expectation, so to speak. And, you know, you, you, it's, it's, it's like you, you got to dot every I and cross every T. So unfortunately, like a lot of professional settings don't allow for people to really just show up who, as who they are and just be uh, at peace in that. So um, I, I just, I would just say it starts with, with a personal, with a personal journey of really reconnecting back to you. And that personal journey then leads to, uh, may lead to opportunities of transition. Like, is this somewhere, like you, you begin to ask yourself questions like, is this somewhere that I can see myself, you know, for the remainder of my career or is this something that I want to do long term is this really you know it, it opens up opportunity for like that that soul searching like am I even really doing what I want to do or is this is just or is this what somebody told me I should be doing and I think it also opens up do I deserve this yeah not is this too good for me but am I too good for this is this exactly. where I deserve to be in in the place of and exactly. it's so ironic. I just, I, I'm a TikTok fanatic. And so I was on TikTok last night. Um, it's probably this morning, honestly. And they were saying that there, there was this woman and she, I think that she had done like a, this was like a part two or something. I didn't want to go back and watch part one because she was saying, you know, if they, and, and she was a black woman and she was saying, if they um, say come dress in, shorts and and a t-shirt you come dressed in long pants and a polo shirt if if they say come dressed in jeans and a polo shirt you come dressed in slacks and a polo shirt if they um if they get excited about something you make sure you don't get too loud and so i was sitting there watching and i was like you know i can see where she's coming from i understand because the standards are different for people of color but isn't it so difficult isn't it so unfair it that we it have to awesome. dm ourselves how do we navigate in a world where people of color have to in a way dim our light in certain um in certain spaces but mm -hmm. stay authentic because isn't there a fine line i think mm -hmm. there's a fine line between having to because to me damn myself is not being who i am authentically mm -hmm. but i want to live an authentic life mm -hmm. so how do i navigate that and stay on that fine line and where is how do i know i've gone too far over to one side or another so my opinion of that is and and i, I get what she's saying is it's so exhausting constantly having to temper yourself because I remember those times of like, because I love big hair. This just been me. I was like, okay, do I need to kind of tone down the big hair? Do I not need to do some streaks of color? Cause I don't want to come off to, okay. Let, you know, it's, it's exhausting constantly having to overthink like, how do I come across? Because, you know, we know that what may be expected of your, 
counterparts may not be applicable to you. And so, um, and so as far as the authentic, the authenticity goes, um, I think that sometimes you just have to be like Nike and just do it, you know, um, and just be like, you know what, I'm, I'm not going to, to, um, allow myself to be smothered anymore. Um, I'm, I'm within, I'm within the boundaries of dress code or, you know, or whatever. I'm in within the bounds of policy. I'm not going to constantly be over-policing myself, you know, trying to make sure that I don't offend anybody because I am literally smothering. And, and sometimes, um, when we do that, we'll find that it may be our own fears from previous experiences that may be kind of projecting itself in, in, in this new place. And it may turn out that it's okay. Like it, it won't be a problem at all. Um, but if it turns out to be a problem, um, I think that's when, um, you have to say, okay, it's time to have some, some hard conversations. Is this where I want to see myself, you know, being, um, what other opportunities are, are present? Um, can I, am I okay? with with being smothered to the point where I feel anxiety when I walk in here. And I think that's why we see so many people venturing out into entrepreneurship, into um other forms of business that that has been unheard of and they're thriving because they are actually being authentic now, doing things that they really want to do and they're more excited about it. And so the the other thing that I would say is that you, you know it comes to the point where you just don't care about what anybody else thinks about it. Um, because you know, it, this is your life. And I think that sometimes we give people too much authority over what we do and how we do it. I always say, as long as I'm in alignment with God, then I really don't owe nobody else an explanation. If I give you an explanation, that's a courtesy. Okay. (laughs) But I don't, I don't, I don't owe you. I don't owe you anything. So, um, that's what I would just say to people. I would just say, you know, just, just be who you are. Don't allow past experiences to, to really hinder you because it may, it may be okay. It may be all good, but if it's a situation where it's like, you feel like you, you just, it's just sucking the life out of you. It may be time to just look at other things or, or, uh, how you can bridge through that or, um, or even revisit that list that I was talking about. Because it may be an opportunity there for you to do something else. Right. So do you think, what is your opinion on, um, like, social anxiety based on thinking? Because, so, so, so like, I'll give an example. So I was on a plane, um, I don't know when this is going to air. <laughs> so I was on a plane sometime in May. And I was coming back into Tennessee. And I was sitting there and right before takeoff and I was like, Oh, I've never, um, video the plane taking off. So I was like, Oh, I would love to video the plane taking off. Now on the way where I was going, leaving Tennessee, I thought about that. And I was like, I'm not going to do that. I have somebody sitting beside me. He's going to be like, this guy's never been on a plane. And you know, I have, but he's going to think I've never been on and it, it's going to look so bad. I'm, I'm not going to do it. I'm not going to do it. And so I did it. And, but then on the way back, I was like, mm, well, maybe I should go ahead and do it. And then it dawned on me. These people are trying to get to where they're going. They're, they're not thinking anything about you. Like they literally probably won't even notice you 
simply holding a camera, hold, holding your phone to take that mm-hmm. video. And I realized, oh, wait, that's like a social anxiety response. I don't want to be looked at as whatever it is in my mind that people would say. And I remember a video that I saw somebody was talking about just do weird stuff out in public to break that fear. So do you think that I know that there is one side of it that is true? People really are looking and judging. But what do you say to those people who just have that crippling fear of doing things because they're afraid of what people are saying when in actuality, people may not even really be paying attention? Right. So I think, you know, it, it really I always I'm, I'm, I'm very big on searching internally because something has occurred previously that makes you feel that way. So like identifying where you first had that crippling feeling occur and what happened there is is important because when things happen to us that may offend us or make made us feel some kind of way and then when we're in another situation where it kind of has like those same kind of um people or circumstances we tend to project what happened in the past into what's present. So I would first ask them to to identify, you know, suggest that they do that. But then also um, to realize that, you know, this is a life that you're living for the first time. So you have a choice. Are you going to literally live life thinking, okay? And I'm not saying that you shouldn't um, that you shouldn't consider your actions. Um, because you don't ever want to put other people in harm's way. You don't want to put yourself in harm's way. You you don't want to be out here just absolutely belligerent or, or anything like that. But as far as, as living something as simple as, you know, video and a takeoff or, you know, the clouds or like animals or whatever, whatever that, that thing is, the hobby is, you know, are, are we really going to be so focused on what other people are doing that we're not living because other people ain't worried about us? You know, and I think it goes back to the aspect of, you know, a lot of times when we haven't been given that full space to just be who we are. So we feel like we have to temper and like downplay that. And then the other aspect is knowing that, like, sometimes people be looking like when they see you do it, they're like, oh, man, I always want to do that. Like when you were talking about like a film to take off, I was like, you know, the other aspect of that, he, uh, the, the person sitting next to you was probably like, oh man, I feel my takeoff from here. Let me show you the video of that, right. you know, cause it's, you know, uh, and because a lot of our experiences in life have been, um, have been, some has has been negative and it has changed our perspective. We tend to look at all of our situ- situations that way or look at all of our interactions with people that way. But there are really some beautiful people in the world who are looking for other beautiful people. You know, so it's it's like being open. It's, it's, it's like we have to really change our, our mindset of it. And, and, and I get it because it's like I would I would kind of tense up when I would be the only black person somewhere. And then it's a couple experiences I've had, and they were like, "Hey, I'm like, oh, oh, hey, you know," and it was just cool, you know. But it's it's just been a lot that has shaped our interactions with people. So I would just tell them, um, you you just have to to make up in your mind, like, am I going to really like stop living and and run my mind ragged with anxiety and worry and fear of what other people are going to think of me, or am I just going to do it? <laughs> Right. You know, 
So, yeah. <laughs> so good. Now, one of the things that you brought up earlier, I want to kind of kind of put a pin right there. Mm-hmm. Um, you brought up how we are, um, like we see certain things, we try to fit in with certain people. But I want to also, I guess, because, okay, so I'm seeing this trend on, um, speaking of trends, you mentioned trends earlier, on TikTok. And I think it's called the Mosaic Challenge. And what they're doing is they're saying, like, like they're going through this whole list. Um, I write, like I saw in person, she said, I write my D's with a swirl because my mom wrote her D's with a swirl. And I used to have to um, forge her signature in high school. And she also said, I, I, um, just went through a whole list of, I do this now because of this person. I say this word this way because I heard my second grade teacher say it so much. I do this. And at the end, they say, we are all mosaics of the world around mm-hmm. us. Can you speak on that? Because one of the things that a lot of people, I just saw somebody not long ago, and just listening to them talk, the way that they explain things, I would say, oh, they feel that, two people as a matter of fact, they feel that they're in this world by themselves. Like they'll explain something, well, I do this this way, um, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Or I, I like to do things like this. It, you know, but, but that's just me, though. That's just me. That's probably not. And I, I, I'm thinking, wow, they really feel like they're in this world by themselves. They're weird. They feel mm-hmm. like they're the only people. But really and truly, we're just made up. Doesn't mean that we're trying to be that person, but we're we're not that that different. Can you speak on just the fact that in the midst of America, with these this racism that we're mm-hmm. seeing? the um whatever all this this just violence against certain races certain mm-hmm. um backgrounds of people that we're really not that different so two things the first thing um about the mosaic piece i'm not on tiktok i said i was gonna get on there um but i you do think <laughs> but um but i i do think that so much of us um both uh, from other people, the experiences we've had both positively and negatively impacts us. And, and, and that's the reason why, um, you know, if, if we were to look like with that list that you were talking about, you're able to see why you think this way, talk this way or feel this way, because a, a, a lot of things have been impressed upon us, um, from our encounters and experiences in life. And, um, you know, even from like with, with children, if you see young babies playing with one another, they don't know that one baby is, is white, the other baby is black, other, you know, baby is of another ethnicity. They, they're just playing. So, right. it, but at some point in their journey, they learn the difference. And based on who's teaching them, their perceptions of, of those particular groups of people changes. And so, um, so I definitely feel like that that we we have to kind of we have to be but at the same time we have to be accountable for us. So even if someone may come to me with um a type of racist thought or statement or prejudice thought or statement about certain groups of people, I have to be accountable for me to say that I'm not going to be that way. So transition to the next point of what we see a lot of racial you know hostility and division and things like that. Um, we have to take a stand 
in our own lives to say just because you may be filled with a lot of toxicity and, and divide and racism and all this other stuff going on with you, I'm not going to be that person because I genuinely love people. And so we can't allow other people's um, ideologies and feelings and all types of negative rhetoric that they have to, to change us because if we do, then we become just like them. So how do we so how do we promote change if we become just like them and we're promoting the same type of toxic mess? That's not how that works. And so the second thing I wanted to say about the people when you're saying, um, but that's just me, that's just, you know, everybody may not be like me. I, I agree with you. Sometimes they feel like they're alone because um we tend to ostracize and shun what we don't understand. So we tend to ostracize and shun people that people that we don't understand. And so you have a lot of people who who feel like they are alone. And so social media um, with a lot of groups and stuff like people are kind of finding their community, so to speak, because they're like, you know what? I think, you know, birds or whatever. I found somebody else to feel like birds or whatever. Okay, I'm not alone with that. So people are kind of finding, you know, community in that way uh, with people who who think like them. Um, but I feel like um, we can't um, we can't just do we just can't do away um, with people in that in that aspect by shunning them because we don't understand them. We need to understand like what's going on with them. We may not always um, agree you know, with them. But I just feel like, you know, especially as Christians, like sometimes we shun people away before we can even have the opportunity to minister to them um, because they, they appear different. But when you talk to them, they may have a whole new viewpoint that will enlighten you, you know? So, yeah. Right. Now, in our, I try not to say in our clothes, because, you know, that's so preacher, but I don't know no other way to be <laughs> so in our close I, what I want you to do like just off the top of your head I feel like this is such a big request off the top of your head but you can mm -hmm. do it. what mm -hmm. is the greatest advice you can give a person as far as steps to take goals to make to become their authentic self identify really their authentic mm -hmm. self in order to get to where they have that they're trying to be to get from where they are to where they're trying to go or who they're trying to become. Yeah. The biggest advice that I will give people um, is something that I, that I say to myself every day. Don't look outside of you for what's already in you. And when I say that, I mean, take some time, like quiet time, no TV, no social media, you know, if you have like some low meditation music or, you know, like instrumental, you know, fine. But as quiet as you can get it and really free write, not trying to structure anything or organize anything, just write on paper what's in your mind, what's in your heart. Um, because I feel like a lot of times we try to search outside of us, like whether it's the job, whether it's you know, the school or the opportunities and networking, things like that. And all of those are great things. But what's on the inside of you have a good grasp of that so that that can be your foundation. That way, when 
you know, you reach out to people or you want to pursue opportunities, those opportunities can have some kind of structure and organization to it because you know who you are, you know what you want to do. Um, and I'm not saying that those things don't change because as, as your foundation, you're building on it. But at the basis, you know, like at my basis, I know that I, I love people. I want to help people tear down limitations and, and really think of themselves in better lights. But I may build on that with life coaching or with talks like this with you or uh, with radio show or um, with, you know, a book. It's building, but it's still on the same foundation is what I'm saying. So I would just tell people. Have a knowledge of who you are. Search within you for what's for what you have. Everything that you ever want to do, everything that you ever have an interest in, and then build from there. And and I feel that your foundation tends to be more stable because you're just not out here just searching everywhere and everything for validation because you've already found it within you. That is so good. <laughs> that is so good. So. <laughs> Jasmine, tell us, tell everyone how we can find you. You have a blog, you have a podcast. How can we connect with you? So you can connect with me uh, through my website at www.selfiecheckbyjazz.com. Um, my podcast is coming this summer. It's called Selfie Check In. It's a space of love, transparency, and encouragement. So um, a lot of the talks that you saw here, um, I'm going to be doing that. Um, there also um, on my website, there's a blog as well. So you can kind of read some things that um, that God has been giving me to really share in, um, in this journey of personal growth. And also you can find me on Facebook and Instagram at Selfie Check by JS. So reach out, let me know how you're doing. Stay in contact with me. <laughs> Thank you so much for coming, Jasmine. Jasmine Lafayette, everybody. <laughs>